0: This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the
1: ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Welcome to MarketScale Pro-AV. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Change is, is one of the scariest things that we as human beings face. And when you take that into the business world, you have a whole lot more people that are depending on you. That anxiety ratchets up quite a few levels. Well, today we're going to ease your anxiety a little bit because I have the guru of calm on the podcast today. He is the founder and chairman of Personive. It's Evan Green. Evan, how are you today?
0: Doing great, Sean. Thank you
1: for having me. Do you live in that Zen sort of mindset all day, or do you have your stressful days too?
0: Oh, I definitely have my stressful days. Uh, one of the things I strive to is uh, is uh, is to be a human being instead of a human doing. I know that we often get very uh, uh, absorbed in our to-do lists and just uh, surviving each day and swimming through all the stuff that gets thrown at us. So I do like to step back and really look at the bigger picture.
1: I really do like that. What is the first priority? when someone realizes they might need help outside their business? What are some of the first things they absolutely cannot skip, in your opinion?
0: It's a great question. And, you know, I think a a, a terrific place to start is to assume that you really don't even know what your business is. I think a lot of people uh, get trapped into obvious thinking. So they spend a lot of time, uh, maybe a whole career, just trying to uh, stay above water without really thinking, what is your real business? You know, what makes you special to your customers? What compels others to want to do business with you? And I say it's a great place to start because, uh, you know, there's some uh, very uh, common examples of some of our biggest and brightest companies and people who have screwed this up. Uh, uh, You know, I could, uh, you know, mentioned kodak is one and blockbuster is another and you know even sears uh sears uh, roebuck and company they you know you know it's easy to say that amazon uh you know really put them out of business but the truth is that's not what happened there's other companies that are thriving in their space uh, uh walmart target costco and they uh they took their eye off the ball and, you know, tried to get into financial services, real estate, insurance. Uh, so a great place to start is is to really take a look at, you know, what is the target of your company? You know, what, what do we, you know, what has others uh, compelled to want to do business with us?
1: Are there companies that are accidentally successful? Like they first start out, they don't really know what their identity is and they're successful and so they don't think they need to define what they are? Is that kind of what happens?
0: You know, it actually happens a lot. In fact, some of our our most successful companies uh, today, uh, you know, Instagram is an example. Now, it's not going to be a complete accident because it takes someone with vision to really see what happens, but a lot of times, even, uh, even our own company, we, uh, you know, we started, we thought we knew who our target audience was and it didn't work out, so we you know, changed directions, pivoted. Uh, but uh, I think a lot of today's successes uh, do uh, uh, happen in a way that was not originally anticipated and and that's why i'm a big fan when i coach entrepreneurs or business owners or people who are starting a new company to to really watch expenses and to give themselves a very long runway because whatever their initial thinking is Chances are, there's going to be uh, a best-case scenario. A lot of roadblocks. Uh, more likely, like you're saying, uh, it just happens in a whole different direction.
1: How do you get an entrepreneur to slow down and filter the noise and focus on the necessary?
0: Yeah, there's uh, uh, a focus is a key word there. There's, uh, you know, there there's too many examples I could point to where uh, companies or entrepreneurs. They, they die of indigestion versus starvation. You know, they're just chasing too many shiny objects. So I think focus is the key word. Uh, it's often uh, can be accomplished in a, uh, I think sometimes a group environment is very helpful. Something that might be professionally facilitated either by a coach, which could be one-on-one or a, uh, a group. Uh, I like to direct them to some resources. Uh, I know that I watch on an ongoing basis uh, uh, Simon Sinek's uh, Start With Why. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an 18-minute TEDx talk. Every time I watch it, I get, I glean something new from it. Uh, I obviously also have the book, and there's some other resources. Another one of my favorites is, uh, is Traction by Gino Wickman, uh, uh, G-I-N-O Wickman. Uh, There's a uh, one of the uh, chapters in that deals with with vision and and kind of honing in on what your business is and what your target is.
1: When a company starts to focus and they realize, okay, let's define who we are. It's almost like someone deciding they want to improve their their physical health and they make better food choices. They make better lifestyle choices. This approach, could it be considered improving the diet for a company? I
0: like that analogy and yeah in many in many ways it is it's uh and it is a custom tailor, just like health and fitness and well-being is custom tailored it is a very custom tailored approach and uh one of the things that that I like to do I mean it's it's you know relating it to uh to health I you know I've been working with a uh a, uh, a trainer and and uh, and a physical therapist and you know I I play golf and uh, uh, areas that are that I'm lacking are uh, is a flexibility particularly in the thoracic spine and the hips now that may not be true for somebody else so it is it is very specific and I, I really like when uh, when teams or management or executives sit down and start to ask themselves those questions, uh, like you know, what is it that makes us irresistible to 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 our customers or potential customers? What distinguishes us in the marketplace? Uh, you know, no matter what your business is, you're going to have lots of competitors, but uh, there is going to be something about you and your company that makes you special. And you know, once you start to hone in on that, a lot of other other areas. Begin to come into focus, uh, such as who is your who who's your your uh, ideal customer. You know, I, I I think a lot of companies, and I've seen examples of a lot of companies uh, get off track, including ours uh, through our thirty-four year history. You know, the phone rings. Everybody wants to say yes. Can you do this? Yes. You know, for me, that's uh, having somebody else write your business plan, and uh, you've got to be proactive. You've got to take control of your company your service offering, and and really begin to strategically plan out what is going to make you distinct and special to your customers. And, and, and notice I didn't say, what are you good at? Because a lot of people say, well, I'm good at this, so I'm going to do it. I always say, you might be great at cleaning toilets. I don't want you cleaning
1: toilets. When a company starts to do this self-reflection. When they decide that this is a process they need to go through, it might ultimately end up in outsourcing, or maybe they can handle everything in a house. You have the same amount of time in your day, whether you decide to do this or not. The only difference that you have in the time is how you spend it. You really are a very ardent believer in the magic ratio when it comes to time. Can you lay that out for me, please?
0: Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll speak a, a little bit to that. And uh, uh, you, you, you mentioned about you know when do you do this, and I, I kind of consider this to be an ongoing process. Uh, you know, one of my favorite examples, and and it's no coincidence they're one of our world's most successful companies is Apple. You know, so we're all familiar with Apple. Uh, you know, the iPhones, their uh, their MacBook Pros, uh, their. Their iPads all that stuff and you know you know what they really got early on is you know they are not a computer company uh, there wasn't even a smartphone back then you know they got that they're they're a company who's out to challenge the status quo to think different and and as time passes past they came up with different ways to really express that in the marketplace uh, from the the graphic uh, first graphic interface of the uh, pc you know to the ipod to the ipad to the iphone and, and and so forth uh but what they're really about is challenging the status quo which even brought them to becoming the biggest music seller on uh in the world uh where they led the movement forward to offer people the opportunity to buy individual songs instead of forcing them to buy whole albums. So so that process is an ongoing process. And you know when I talk about the magic ratio, it's a it's it's a Pareto principle. It's like you, you want to spend at least 80% of your time on those areas that are going to make you Uh, uh, most successful. And, and when I look at success, it's, it's, uh, it's delighting customers. You know, if you're providing a solution to the marketplace or exciting your customers, you know, you're going to be successful. And a a good place to start with that uh, is to start looking at all the things that you're doing that you should not be doing because nobody has free time right now <laughs> you know if i walked into a random office and said hey you know do you have a few extra hours each day they'd say no i, I I'm, I'm i'm swamped i'm overwhelmed with this i don't have any extra time to do anything so a good place to start with uh, uh with the magic ratio is to uh really look at what you're doing that's not making a difference or you could just stop doing stop doing something is the easiest thing maybe you're holding unnecessary meetings maybe you're been, you know, generating daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly reports that are completely unnecessary and and have been making no difference in your company. Maybe you have outdated processes that that can be uh, improved. Maybe you're getting, you know, for no reason, you're CCing way too many people on emails. I mean, all of those are distractions, even if it takes someone two seconds. You know, there's studies done that show that it takes a person much more than two seconds to refocus their attention. Uh, uh, you know, maybe your environment in the office isn't set up properly. There's too many people on the speakerphone, so it's distracting others. So, you know, just, I think a great place to start is to look at things that you can stop doing, but, uh, but what's most important is first establishing what your target is. Like where should you be spending your time? And then look at what you could stop doing, which is going to open up some free space and time, look at what you could automate. Uh, you know, there's many opportunities for automation now, uh, whether it be for workflow or whether it be for sales funnels with tools like uh, HubSpot or ClickFunnels. And uh, you know, a third, uh, a third uh, avenue to to take load off of yourself and your company is to outsource uh, those tasks that uh, are not core or critical to your business. Uh, Apple is a beautiful example of this. I mean, we we think of Apple as the first words that usually come to people's wine is the iphone they haven't manufactured a single iphone because they're smart enough to know that they're not in the smartphone manufacturing business they're in the in the premium branding product development business so they outsource that uh, largely to a taiwanese company called foxconn so so you know those are a few of the ways that i think uh People and companies need to start thinking to take their businesses to the next level. And I know many businesses are already successful today, uh, but I'm, I'm interested in, in companies being extraordinary, uh, you know, not just being able to pay the bills and, 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 and be, you know, somewhere in the, uh, the middle of the bell curve.
1: I've always felt that habits are one of the biggest obstacles to productivity because there are things we do that we don't even realize we're doing. That's got to be really hard to help get clients uh, to to see that you're fighting ingrained behavior.
0: That's a great uh, a great observation, Sean, and 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 it is uh, in some ways that's perhaps people's biggest obstacles. It it is an ingrained behavior. It takes a conscious effort. One of the best ways that I found uh, personally to alter behavior or alter or change a habit is is through a uh, uh, an accountability buddy you know where where left to your own devices uh, I know where I'm gonna put my money and where the smart money is gonna go but uh, you know when you have a uh, when you make it, it public either through an accountability buddy or, or some kind of group effort or challenge you could even turn it into a team-building exercise within your company and and have fun with it and monitor it and market and all that kind of stuff but it is very very difficult and, and that's why I always say uh, best to do it uh, with uh, someone else or a group of people that hold each other to account versus try to do yourself.
1: I sense a kindred spirit in someone who just loves efficiency, whether it's in business or in personal life things have a certain way that is the best way to do them. When you were writing your book, and I didn't even mention that you, you wrote a book called uh, Beat Your Competition, Three Key Principles of Successful Outsourcing. When you were writing the book, did you agonize over the most efficient way to write the book? Was that your stumbling block?
0: You know, it uh, it's the first book that I wrote. I did get some great advice uh, uh, from my comrades in the National Speakers Association that said, uh, book version 1.0 is much better than book version 0.0 <laughs> So that that got me to relax a little bit because if without that advice I would still be trying to write the perfect book and the truth is you know much like we spoke about uh, The vision and the target of your company uh, When you write anything, it's an ongoing process. So uh, I had a lot of fun writing the book I'm big on examples. So I, I tried to include as many examples in the book as I could, and uh, uh, the the process was more time consuming than I expected. Uh, the the uh, The day that I did my final proofread of the book, I expected it was going to take me, uh, you know, uh, uh, a day to uh, a day to do and get it back to the. Uh, 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 to the gentleman helping me get it published. And uh, it took about three three days to do it. <laughs> so I had to I had to bail out on a couple of tea times that I had.
1: I find and have always felt that done is usually better than perfect.
0: It, exactly. Uh, I think I forget to who's, who's saying it is, but uh, perfection is the enemy of greatness.
1: You are known for outsourcing. That's a very corporate mindset and people think, oh, he helps companies do this and he helps companies do that. I don't think that's fair for people to assume that of you. They don't really dig down deep and realize you are helping affect this change from the human level. The potential of human beings or human doings is really what ultimately helps these companies thrive and survive.
0: You're spot on there, Sean, and I appreciate your saying that. If you had walked in my shoes for the past 34 years as a business owner, you may have come to the same conclusion that I did, which is that one of the most powerful ways to change the world is through business. You know, when businesses thrive, people thrive, families thrive, communities thrive. You know, with that, my passion with, uh, with outsourcing Is because it enables people and companies to be focused and I think focus is the key word and it's really uh, even more paramount in today's world it's a very complex world today compared to 20 30 years ago so when people are focused and they either you know stop doing things that that aren't moving their lives or their companies forward or they automate things to save them time and energy or they outsource uh, various business functions that aren't uh, those functions that make them special or distinct to their customers. It, it allows them to devote their time, their energy, and their talents to what's going to make the biggest difference for them and their companies so that they can make the biggest difference for their families and the world. And, and that's where my heart really is. I, I, uh, I want to I wanna leave the world a much better place uh, than when I entered it.
1: What would surprise people the most about their own potential or what would surprise a company most about its potential? what is it that is the real aha moment that surprises them the most in your experience? That's a very good question and you know what what what's right there for me is
0: is that I think a lot of people when they read about success stories, they assume that those success stories are because those people had something special in their dna you know they were born with a special talent and it's not available to them and what 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 i really believe and i am a big believer in coaching and you know whether it's it's golf instructors or fitness or business uh you know if you want to do anything uh exceptionally well uh it's within your power And today I think there's an emerging danger that's arising. You know, we're reading about all these young kids in their teens and their twenties who are becoming, you know, just ridiculously successful on a financial level. I can't speak for their personal lives. Uh, And we think that if we don't achieve a certain status by the time we're in our thirties, that we're a failure. And and the truth is uh, most people, Achieve their prime success in business and in life in their 50s and 60s is when it really happens Because you're taking that wisdom that you've learned uh, Potentially if you have a family and kids, you know, you know a a lot of that uh, Energy and money and resources that you expended raising your family and your kids You know once they're off to college and, and out, you know gives you more time to to focus and to and to really apply All of the uh, the pearls of wisdom that you've achieved over those years so you know for me uh, a big takeaway is is you could have it you you just have to apply yourself you have to believe in yourself and you know get the the support the coaching uh, 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 because you know nothing big is ever a uh, a solo effort it's it's always a team effort
1: to paraphrase one of my favorite quotes that's attributed to Leonardo da Vinci, it has come to my attention that accomplished people did not have things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. I am really thankful, sincerely, that you decided to come out and happen to this podcast because this has been such a pleasure to have a chance to talk to you. My guest on the podcast today has been Evan Green, the founder and chairman of Personive. Evan, thank you so much for taking the time today. I know I'm gonna get to have a chance to talk to you again in the future.
0: My pleasure, Sean, really enjoyed being here.